things that bump in the night. Things that creep us out. Voices from another realm. The figures that move out of the corner of your eye. That odd light in the sky. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of It Came From Amity. Across from me, as always, is Noah Weddle. Your faithful co-host. That's right. And we have another one of our lists. This one I did not compile myself. I was looking to compile this, but this one came up, and I'm going to borrow it. Um, it's basically 15 stories from Redditors who had experiences of basically near death experiences or if life there's after death. one thing we know redditors are always honest they never <laughs> exaggerate they never lie hey i'm i gotta say the you know redditors can be cringy yeah redditors can exaggerate i mean it is a lot of neck beard basement dwellers oh my gosh yes and you know the the millennial age is real on reddit for for real but I have to say that Reddit has been a treasure trove of paranormal type stuff if you know where to look. It's a treasure trove of everything. It is. Every topic. Now, whether or not these are true or not, I don't know. I I've I do believe in near death experiences. We're gonna suspend disbelief and just yes. act like they're true. Um I've heard some really good stories from doctors and stuff who've like talked to people who've they've resuscitated. And people have gone, yeah, I was floating above my body and I saw what you were doing. And the doctor would challenge, okay, well, what were we doing at what time or whatever? And they could basically say, this is what you were doing. This is where you were standing. This is where this nurse was. And the doctor would be like, yeah. Oh, so, wow. So this stuff, I do believe that near-death experiences happen. Now, whether or not these Reddit posts actually happen, <laughs> that's up for you. And right. we can we can tell their stories and then we'll, we'll kind of riff off of it. And you guys can decide for yourselves based on these 15 stories if you believe they're real or not. We got 15 of these bad boys, so let's get started. So um, this first story is from user CDC, and I'm going to read it verbatim. And like I said, this is from uh, an article from a website called Viral Nova. Okay. Um, so I thought this was really good. I like the stories. Uh, they are kind of cool. Um, again, I suspended disbelief myself just to entertain the idea that these are really good stories. So I'm going to read these verbatim. Um, I got stung by a nest of wasps right next door to my home. They stung me all over my head, neck, behind my ears, 39 stings, the doctor counted. I got home and was like, I'm okay. I'm cool. Told my mom I got stung by some bees, but I thought I was okay. She didn't seem too worried, and I decided to go take a shower. In the shower, I began to feel feeling dizzy, and my back started hurting. I quickly turned the shower off and got my clothes on and began feeling dizzier and dizzier. Then when I came out of the bathroom, my mom looked at me and had a look of horror. Told me to get in the car immediately. My face and head had swollen hugely. Between my house and the hospital, I started losing consciousness. Everything I saw had a yellow tinge and suddenly felt very heavy and tired. My breathing got very labored, but I sort of didn't care. 
I felt like I was slipping away into sleep. Major allergic reaction. Major. This is what we called in the medical field an anaphylactic, anaphylactic reaction. Yeah. And it they're actually about to go in anaphylactic shock, which is... You can't very, breathe, basically. Yeah, you can't breathe. And unless you get some like epinephrine in you really fast, you're in a lot of trouble. <clears throat> and this um, actually little part here as another cue, um, when they said that they didn't care that their breathing was getting labored, that's a very big red flag. If you're mentally going, yes, I'm breathing heavily and things are looking kind of bleak, but I really am in a point of, I don't care. That's a massive red flag. Um, that means your throat is closing. Yeah. It means you're, you're slipping away. And like they said they were slipping away into sleep, but what they were slipping into was unconsciousness and imminent death. I remember arriving at the hospital and they didn't even bother with the registration. They threw my, and I'm going to again, quote them. And if it's something, if it's a really severe uh, swear word, I'm not going to quote it, but I'll go ahead and quote it for, for this. Uh, Cause it's not that bad. Uh, they threw my ass on a gurney and started pushing me back. As I was going back, I remember closing my eyes and thinking, I guess whatever happens and then nothing. Some minutes later, I opened my eyes and a very large man was staring at me. He said, bad news. You're going to feel completely fine within a couple of hours. You probably won't even get out of going to school tomorrow. He was right. Yeah, those EpiPens, I've been around people. When I was a kid, my mm. great-grandma got stung by a bee, and she was sitting on the porch. She was fine, got stung by a bee. Me and mom looked over, and she's just out. Yep. And swollen and everything. Mom got an EpiPen, shot her with it. She woke right up. Yep. She Epi- was a little dizzy, but, yeah, she would have been dead if, if not for that. Oh, yeah, Ep- EpiPens are an essential item to have. If I you, need to get one to keep around here just in case, because I'm not allergic to anything I know of, but oh, you never know. Uh, unless something has changed, EpiPens you can only get if you have a prescription. Well, I'm sure my doctor will write one, right? Uh, I don't just know. Just to have one here. That's, yeah. your, that's up to you and your doc. I mean, it doesn't hurt to have one. What if you have a friend over who's allergic to popcorn or something? Right. Like, who knows, dude? Right. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's crazy. doctor wants to prescribe one, and but. Yeah. So this second story, I guess that first story was pretty Wait, good. Wait, so that's that's it? Yeah, it? that's all. He that, basically just had an allergic reaction? A major one. And I guess, I don't know if that was a near-death experience, but it sounded like he was I mean, about it, there. Yeah, he's near death, but there's no, he didn't experience anything. Yeah. So hopefully uh, the second story from Atheist Kona High. Uh-oh. I think this is Kona. I think He experienced death and there was nothing. <laughs> I guess. Kona, I guess Kona High, Kona Hawaii, maybe? So anyway, atheist here, bright light. I knew there were people waiting for me where the light was coming from over there. Absolute ecstasy was the feeling. Then I remembered I had a newborn baby and was instantly back. What happened to him? I don't know. He didn't say. Well, um, but that's kind of important to the story. I agree, and he that's all he puts. He, if you almost die from a drug overdose and you take a bunch of drugs, like psychedelics or something... Of course you're going to experience something. We need to know that. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I... I f- Stupid Redditor. He's not very detailed in his story. Stupid Redditor. Reddit. I figured. Yeah. All right, so this is number three. I do like how... He, and maybe this could be fake. Maybe this is real. Because he... We talked about near-death experiences, I think, in an episode about seven, eight months ago. We might have. Um, and... He kind of hit like almost all the boxes for like an NDE, where bright light, people waiting there, ecstasy, you know, oh, we're not the drug, him, but the feeling. We're calling them NDEs now. Well, they're, you know, shorten it. I yeah. got you. Yeah. 
suppose it sounds cool. Yeah. Sounds like we know what we're talking about. (laughs) NDE. Let's do it. It's an NDE. Yeah. Just nonchalantly. Non-disclosure. Yeah. I don't know what the E stands for. Oh, for near-death experience? No, I I was making a joke, non-disclosure, and I stopped. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, I I thought we were talking about disclosure. Like, all of a sudden, we're talking about UFOs. All of a sudden, my ears perked up. I'm like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please. So, all right. Number three, user 241410. Okay. E-I-E-I-O. All right, anyway. I've been very depressed for a while and decided it was time to go. I took a ton of pills and washed them down with a ton of rum. Wow. All right, never. Wow. While dead, I was completely in a completely dark area all alone. I found myself talking to a mysterious voice who told me he was God. We talked for what felt like an entire lifetime. He told me my heaven was this dark, secluded area where I could finally be at peace. He ended with telling me that I couldn't stay because I still had business to take care of. When I woke up, my body felt healthier than ever, and I had this peace about me that hasn't gone away. I feel like I can remember what we spoke about. I just can't put it into words. I equate it to try and describe a new color to someone. That seems fake. Now, you don't just wake up from taking a bunch of pills and be fine. And especially with a bunch of rum. Now, here's, I obviously, as a Christian, I take some, not offense, but I'm questioning this because the Bible's very specific of what heaven will be like to a degree. I mean, yes, there's a lot of mystery still to it. But we're kind of taught that what you're not in a dark, secluded place. Like that's not that's, that's not, purgatory. Yeah, that's not heaven. That's Catholic purgatory. Right. I'm like, I so someone's lying. It might be this guy, or it might be the guy talking to him. You don't just him. wake up from taking a bunch of pills. Yeah, that yeah, it's not possible. Yeah, if you're like, I took a bunch of uh, what do you say? I took a ton of pills and washed it down with a ton of rum. Like unless you took like protein pills or something yeah right yeah i mean maybe because like if he took like some pills that were really worth anything and you take it with run there's a thing called the uh, multiplier effect yeah and it mult and it doesn't so if you were to take like uppers and then you were to take downers they don't cancel each other out they just multiply each yeah, other Yeah, you get weird side effects yes yes and like the, and i used I, to be on percocet and i also had depression and my doctor, I remember he, my, I don't want to, I'm not going to say names, but I got prescribed Xanax as well. Mm-hmm. And my doctor flipped out when he saw that my psychi or psychologist, whoever it was, prescribed, wanted to prescribe me Xanax. He's like, no, 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 no. Those multiply each other. You're not going to be on both. Yeah, that, yeah, one or the other when you're doing that. Yeah. I'm surprised that your uh, psychiatrist or psychologist, like. I don't think he really paid attention. Oh, that could, yeah. Yeah, may not have been. Or it might have been he recommended I get prescribed it. I, I don't remember. It's been a long time. But yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, if you're at, yeah, because you don't. Yeah, that's I about, think that's what it was because he was a psychologist. Psycho- he wrote, Noah has this. Noah needs to be, I think Noah needs to be prescribed this. And my doctor saw it. He was like, oh, hell no. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a, those are bad things. So, um, yeah, I have, I once had a patient a while back. She was 16. She was dating a 20-year-old man. The dad found out, which if I'd have been dad, I'd have been going after the 20-year-old with, with a shotgun yeah. and a shovel. You don't and need to be around a 16-year-old. So the dad's like, you're not hanging out with him no more. Okay, so this is almost like a really crappy uh, version of Dirty Dancing. 
and he's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to allow you to date him anymore. And the daughter decides she's going to overdose on pills. Okay. So we get called out for a psyche eval and all that. So we go out, pick her up. Uh, law enforcement give me, gives me the bottle of pills to take to the emergency room with the patient. And it was um, vitamin, B, vitamin B supplements. And I'm like looking at her and I was like, this is what she took. She was like, yeah, I'm overdose. I was like, I'm going to kill myself on this. I'm like, you're aware this isn't Tylenol, right? Like these are vitamin B supplements. The most you're going to get is like a racing heart, really explosive diarrhea in a few hours. Like that's what you get to look forward to. And a racing heart. That's yeah. what vitamin B is. Yeah. And like <clears throat> typically if you overdose on vitamins, which you can do, you piss them out. You're either going to be like really peeing a really interesting bright color for a while or explosive diarrhea for a couple of hours, which maybe a stomach ache usually is the second. Yeah. Cause usually you can overdo vitamins and that's when you get the, 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 the diuretic effect. But if you take a bunch like she did, it's diarrhea because yeah. now your body's purging and that's, it's yeah. so like, yeah, have fun. You're going to have, yeah. you're going to have a really good time. So, yeah, my anecdote to that. Don't, yeah, I would suggest if I am not an advocate of suicide and as someone who has seen it firsthand, trying to overdose on pills is not a quick way out and it's messy. If and you're going to do it, you need to have the right kind of pills. Yeah, and it's messy and it's painful and it's drawn out. Sleeping pills. Yeah, it, uh, that would be the, the most efficient way. I'm Don't not, take that as advice. I'm not supporting it. Yeah. I'm just so, saying. Yeah, just. Don't take something that's going to, Kill you slowly and painfully. Which most pills will do. Yeah, that's agony. Yeah, not a good way to go. So this one here, story number four by Binding's author, had this experience. When I was eight years old, I was run over by a car. I remember walking through this blue tunnel. At the end, there was a <clears throat> white light that everyone talks about. Before I knew it, I was in it. A disembodied hand reached out to me, and it was this warm, welcoming feeling. Still, I knew I didn't want to go. It wasn't as if I was scared of what I was waiting on the other side. It just felt it wasn't time to go yet. I remember saying that I wasn't ready yet. I woke up in the ambulance with the EMT hovering over me. Combined with the darkness of the ambulance, I thought my refusal to go with whoever offered me their hand to let, that led me out to a fate far worse than just dying. So, odd. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the kids ate. I wonder what happened. Well, they were hit by a car. Okay. So, okay, so the blue tunnel, white it, light, someone reaches out. Well, I don't know if the die, fate would be worse. When you die, your brain remains active for a period of time. Mm -hmm. But it also shoots off all kinds of chemicals. And, you know, Joe Rogan talks about the DMT. That's the main chemical that mm -hmm. is shot out of your brain. And that's where you start seeing stuff, kaleidoscopes of colors and spirits and all that. So that could explain all this, you know? Yeah, there's... Um, it's your brain's coping mechanism to be like, it's not so bad, just go peacefully. Yeah. Here's some pretty images. Yep, right? and, and it's typically, they say it's an evolutionary effect. Yeah. And and maybe it's evolutionary to a degree. That's why people see loved ones in hospice and stuff, because their brain is, I would, you know... I could even, I guess as a Christian, I could even spin it this way. So, all right, so you grew up in a Christian household. Right. So let's assume that this is not just an evolutionary thing, that it's purposely, creatively put there. Yeah. So that way you're not just, 
okay, so you're dead and gone. And then, poof, you arrive wherever you go. Okay, so whatever deity you worship or take, take you know, effect to, you're just dead gone. It's, it, and, and there's not panic. It's like, okay, here is the creator's way of channeling you to allow that peaceful transition into yeah, the Yeah, just comforting you during that split second. Right, because you know? if, if, okay, so if, um, like I said, I, I, I myself am a practicing Christian, so if I believe in a loving God, I don't think God is going to torment you into your transition. No. Now, unless you go to hell. <laughs> right, and, and I kind of take the Billy Graham version of that because like God won't send you there. You put yourself there with your choices in this life. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, okay, drinking and driving. Okay, let's do that. Okay, I chose to drink and drive, so therefore the consequences of that, of that action is my own. Yeah. I distance myself from a good decision, a good destination, by choosing to drink a ton of rum and then decide to go out on the roadway and then wrap myself around a utility pole. Or killed somebody else. Bingo. Yeah. So the bartender didn't do that. My dad didn't do that. I did that, right? So now my dad grows, you know, he, he raised me. He goes, okay, son, it's stupid to drink and drive. It's highly irresponsible. This is what can your act. And if I choose to do it, then I distance myself from my dad's loving advice. So I think that's the same way with God. Like, guy goes, okay, this is what you should be doing. I'm giving you my fatherly loving advice. I chose to do something else, so that destination at the end of that bad decision is my own. Right. And I think that's it's a good way will. of putting it. Right. And that is... and that's It's the essence of free will. Right. Yeah. So maybe that DMT shocker at the end and is, is our, our way of... Boom. Here's the images. Here's what we need to see to allow us to know what's going on. Because there was another guy... I remember hearing this story, and it's a very famous one. The guy is actually a practicing preacher now. Before his near-death experience, and this is not from the Reddit posting, by the way. This is what I remember. Uh, he was on TV and stuff, too. He was a very, very bad guy. Like, he made a lot of bad choices, drug user, you know, womanizer, stuff like that. And I don't remember exactly what precipitated the, him to, to be critical. But the guy ends up have, like passing away. Like, he passes away. Like, he knows he did. And the transition, he doesn't see the bright white light and the, the loved ones and all that. His image was descent. And he recalls being amongst demonic entities and recalls being amongst devils and, and, and just groaning and screaming, people crying out, people wanting him to help. And he knew that this was hell. Like, he knew. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm being showed where where I'm going to go. Like, this is where I'm destined to be. And something happened, and he, like, was basically, like, just wham, taken right out of there, and there he is laying in the hospital bed of the Dang. ICU. And he was with his wife. His wife was in the room. He wakes up, and, they you know, they take him off his... Um, a, uh, they um, take the intubation tubes out and stuff like that, take all the, because he wakes up, you know, he was, I guess, comatose. And he, like, is crying with his wife. He's like, 
I need to do some real changing in my life because I was just in hell. And she said, I know you were in a coma. No, 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 you don't understand. I was in actual hell. I saw the demons. I saw the devils. I saw these people screaming out in agony and pain and separation and all that. And he actually became an ordained minister. I think a Methodist minister, if I remember right. Hmm. Um, but yeah, he was, I mean, he did a complete 180. Because he's like, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not going. Was his there. name Marilyn Manson? No. <laughs> Wouldn't oh. that be something if you That'd found be crazy. that out? Like, like Marilyn Manson has like this massive NDE, and he ends up going to hell. Right. And he's like, no. Yeah. He's like, nope. I dope. I, you know what? I was. I thought I knew what hell was. I did not. And oh my god! Like, there's just no way. I'm not doing that. Like, right. There's no way. Um. So that was his NDE. So I don't think it's always the warm, fuzzy light. You know. Yeah, I think it could be. Just like a dream, mm-hmm. you can have an amazing dream one night, and then the next night you're in a different mindset and you have a terrible nightmare. Mm-hmm. It could be this; it's the same thing. It's your brain's chemistry, right? I think, I think some of it, and I, we're going to get right back to this. I promise you. Um, but um, we're not going to get through 15 of these today. No, there's no way. But uh, <laughs> it's not going to happen. I I think we we'll I, do about five. I think we honestly knew we weren't going to do all 15 because. Yeah. We always do this whole we're like, twenty minutes riffing. in, so yeah, we always do this riffing, and we never. That's okay. So there was a story I read about this guy. He was a Muslim, and he had an NDE. He he, uh, he was actually talking to his doctor about this, and um, it was in London, England, if I remember right. It could have been France. I'm from London. So he's a Muslim. He ends up in this accident, has an NDE, and. Now, he's been a practicing Muslim his entire life. And see, because I always thought, well, maybe it's just your, the religion you grow up with. So this is what you know. So he has this NDE, and there's a light, which, I mean, they're of the Abrahamic faith group. So you got Muslims, Jews, Christians, the trifecta of the Abrahamic faith groups. Mm. So he expects this. But what walks out from the white is Jesus Christ, which Muslims don't believe to be the Messiah. They believe him to be a prophet. Yeah. So he sees Jesus, and he and Jesus identifies himself and tells him, um, I'm sending you back. I'm not taking you away, which he replies, well, you can't do that anyway. He goes, well, I can because I'm the son of man. I do what I'm told to do because I'm your savior. I'm the Messiah. You know, I have this authority or whatever. And he's like, well, you're a prophet. No, I'm the Messiah. And that's what you got to make reckoning with. And so this Muslim man comes back. And he's sitting with his family. His, he's got his wife. And I think there was maybe a couple of his kids in there. They were older. He becomes a Christian and they kill him immediately. And well, he goes he's straight in London, to heaven. So, but uh, <laughs> so he comes back and he tells his wife, he goes... Um, you know, he's like, you know, of course, they're crying, they're embracing, you know, they, they're they happy he's, you know, with them. And he said, basically tells his wife, I have something I need to tell you. And she said, what? He said, first, you need to send the kids outside with, because I guess his parents were outside in the waiting room. Send the kids out there to something we can talk about. So she's like, okay, that's fine. So sends the kids back into the waiting area in the ICU or whatever he's at. And he says, you'll never believe what happened. And he tells her everything. And she says, are you serious? And he goes, yes. 
you know, we have to drop, like, we have to drop this. Like, we have to leave the Islamic faith behind because this is who I talked to. This is what he told me. And she said, well, maybe you're seeing things. He goes, I'm telling you right now, I did not imagine it. Because he goes, I know without a doubt in my mind that the man who talked to me is who he said he was. And I believe every word he said. And he goes, I don't believe God would lie to me like that. So you can do what you want. If you want to stay a Muslim woman, I will stay married to you. I will not, I will not divorce you. I will not leave you. But I know that I need to, and she actually ended up converting, I think, a few months after that, after mm. he did. So he converts, which, by the way, is something you don't do as a Muslim. That's why I made that joke. Did right. they kill him immediately? Right. Because if you were to pull that off in a Muslim country. That's um, why he probably didn't want his parents to hear it either. Yeah. It's, it's um, apostasy, and that is uh, punishable by death. Yeah. Um, so, but he converted, she converted, and they converted the kids. And I think the parents were like, well, we support you. You're our son. Um, which Islamic <laughs> country you're not going to get. But, um, but, uh, but yeah, that happened. So maybe it's, but there's been other Indies where they have had that, where it's their spiritual upbringing and that's what they see and experience in their Indies. I, I mean, who knows? I don't know. I maybe, mean, it could be when you're, maybe when you're at peace when you die, you know, and your brain is prepared for that. That could be it too. Maybe. I, and it very well could be. I mean, I'm not saying it's not spiritual, but I think chemicals it, and stuff definitely play a part in it. I think it's definitely, I think it's both. I, yeah. I, I do think it's both. Um, I, because your spirit my, has to be at peace, right? And then your brain is at peace, and then your brain is going to show you peaceful things, right? If your spirit is restless, your brain's restless, it's going to be nightmarish. Oh, yeah. So we'll do, how, where are we at time wise, Noah? About uh, 30 minutes? Half hour. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, so we've got a little bit of time. I think we might. We'll do a couple more. Yeah, I think we can truck through this. Um, so this one here, I'm going to try to pronounce this username. We'll try to keep our tangents down and just get through them. Axesta? A-X-E-S-T-A. Okay. So this one, um, I got sepsis from tools used over at a dentist. I went to the dentist feeling fine, happy that I finally got the work done that I needed. I went out shopping with my mom and had a lovely time. Around 7 p.m., I started feeling dizzy. I had just flown in from Japan, so I assumed it was jet lag, and I fell asleep. I woke up in the middle of the night with a fever, and I couldn't lift my head high enough to puke on the floor, so I puked all over myself, the bed, and my lovely concerned dog. Poor dog. I tried to yell out to my mother, but I didn't even have the strength to do that. Luckily, the sound of me vomiting was enough to wake her up. My mother carried me to the car and drove me to the emergency room. Once I arrived at the hospital, I was put on the most uncomfortable bed that I had ever and drifted off. I couldn't stay awake. That's when I saw nurses and doctors around me injecting me with things and shouting. I remember thinking that it must be as serious if a doctor was shouting, as I usually don't show panic. I was lucid enough to laugh internally, thinking, wow, I must really be sick if I don't even freak out over all these injections. And then it happened. I saw my mom crying, and I thought, holy shit, this must be for real. And as soon as I thought that, I fell asleep. I say asleep, but I died for exactly two minutes. It really feels like falling asleep, but for me, it was beyond peaceful. As someone that was once suicidal, this was actually a horribly dangerous feeling, as for the first time, I got confirmation that dying wasn't all that scary. 
I woke up seven days later in the hospital. It took me another seven to start eating, and they told me that I more than likely got sepsis from infected tools at the dentist. The scariest part was after that happened, I no longer uh, fear dying. So I consciously try to pull myself out of my depression whenever I feel it coming. But for anyone who's scared that their loved one felt pain and death, I can honestly say it's a very peaceful feeling. See, uh, that's actually a believable story. That's that, how you write a story. That is a very believable story. Detailed. The one thing I can say is towards the end where they talk about pain and death, he's just talking about a very biased event. Yeah, he's talking about his own event. Because uh, <laughs> I guarantee you get shot, you're not having a peaceful no. event. You know, no. you get you get your car crushed around you after you rolled your vehicle five times in a ditch. Not a peaceful event. No. So his is very biased, I would say. Plus, the doctors probably had him injected with fentanyl. Painkillers and yeah. all kinds of crap. Yes. Yeah. See, there's a. <laughs> I hate the I hate the point that I have a medical background because I read this. I'm like, you're not. I mean, in, there's nothing wrong with telling people to be hopeful and right. stuff. Yes, hopeful. Hope yeah. is good. Hope Overall, is though, his story is believable, or her, her story, whoever it is. Yeah, I I believe this story. I and do. Sepsis, man, that's no joke, dude. That'll kill you fast. Yes, it will. Sepsis, and especially there's depending on how slow forms of it, and there's fast forms mm-hmm. of it. And I've seen both. And I will say this: it honestly depends on how healthy you are as an individual. Yeah. If you have like a compromised immune system, or you've just been ill in general. Uh, sepsis will wipe you out in a couple yeah. of days. Like, or if the sepsis gets into a major organ, then it's, oh, yeah. it's not good. Oh, no, it's not. Yeah, I mean, because it just starts to shut down, especially right. like if, uh, like, uh, like your liver and your kidneys, like if sepsis, because you can, uh, sepsis in itself is bad enough, but you go in a septic shock. Yeah. It's just like anaphylactic shock. I mean, it's the next step up, down from death. So, you're it's basically the equivalent of spoiled blood. Yeah. It's um, it's bacterially infected, like overwhelmingly infected blood. It's like and I um people that get um like perforated bowels are in a really bad place because basically that's like having fecal matter in an open body cavity and that is uber bad. Like yeah. you're you're looking at septic shock in a matter of hours. Yeah. Um, so number six, I'm really serious. Um, uh, sorry, keep having like issues here. Number six, a hearing experience from user the dead man walks. All right, I like the name. All right, so I was 15 and had been through about three or four months of chemotherapy. I'd had a nosebleed on and off throughout the day, and then after I went to bed, it just kept on going. I couldn't sleep; just had to keep lying there, mopping my nose and sneezing out these rubbery little blood clots. At about 2 a.m., I started to feel sick, so I reached for the container. I always had one by my bed because the meds I was on gave me really bad morning sickness, and I threw up. It was a thick, dark red. After that, I only remember what happened in short burst. I think my mom had gotten up to go to the bathroom. And I say mom, but it's spelled mom, so this person's obviously English. My mom had gotten up to go to the bathroom. I managed to hit the wall loudly enough for her to hear she came in and there was blood everywhere, coming out of my nose, my mouth, all over the bed and on the walls. Then I remember a paramedic being there. I must have collapsed against the wall after that because the next time I came around, I was strapped to a stretcher and they were taking me downstairs. Sounds like she hemorrhaged or something. Mm-hmm. 
Then I was in the hospital surrounded by about six doctors with huge lights pointed right at me. One of the doctors cauterized my nose, and I definitely felt that. The doctor who did it was so nervous that he pushed the... <clears throat> I don't like the way it keeps buffering. The white hot material right through my septum. Oof. I still have the hole today. The worst part of it all, look, looking back, is how peaceful it can seem. And that's how it felt when I was in the ICU for weeks after that, doped up on ketamine, well, there you go, and slipping in and out of life. Being when you're losing with, a lot of blood, too, it is peaceful because your body just drains its energy. Yeah. And, it's just like going to sleep. And the ketamine doesn't help. Right. Like It doesn't help with that feeling because ketamine is going to make you feel very, very peaceful. Yeah. That's where the phrase K-hole comes from, if you ever want to look that up. Uh, being awake meant more pain and less dignity. So if you want to know what it's like to be that close to death, it's tempting. It's like wanting to hit the snooze button on your alarm. And maybe you do hit it once or twice, but then you remember that you have to work or school and that sleep can wait because you're still got stuff to do. Again, That's why you see, like in action movies, you know, the sidekick dies or is dying. and the person Hold on, man. And he starts talking about his family, and we're going to catch this guy. You got He's giving him reasons yeah. to, to yep. stay alert, you know? And like I said, that ketamine, that, that'll that keep you feeling really peaceful, too. Like, right. That's not... Yeah. They started carrying that on ambulances here a couple of years ago but for majority. Overall, it's, these, these stories are more peaceful than anything. They are, and let's see, that was what, story six. And I think half of let's them... Do, let's do... A couple more. Yeah, and I think I think half of them are medicinally aided, from what I oh, can yeah. tell. Oh yeah, but so. she was also saying she was peaceful before the ketamine. Yeah, before the ketamine. When she was losing the blood, mm-hmm. and that is a proven fact. When you lose a lot of blood, oh yeah, yeah you're gonna feel real yeah. peaceful because it's I like mean, deflating a tire, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it's like remember, um, <laughs> it's like, it's like remember the uh, Simpsons when um, <laughs> what's his name, the old guy, Burns. Burns. He lost. He had no blood in his body. Yeah. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that show. All right, all right, all right. Oh no, I lost my thing. They tried to stick him with a needle, and yeah, they. Uh, it, asked... it was like a puff of air that came out. <laughs> oh my god, I love that show so much. Still do. All right, so number seven. A trip of a story from user Son of Devor. Uh, I almost drowned in a pool when I was five. I almost remember looking up and seeing my mother dismissing the lifeguard because I was only playing and his legs starting to break through the water because he knew better. Way to go, Mom. Yeah, Mom. Your motherly instincts are lacking. Usually moms are overly concerned. Yeah, and she's like, no, it's fine. Oh, he's playing dead. (laughs) Nope, he is dead. He's floating head down, <laughs> face down. Yeah, he's just playing dead. Yeah. We have the, it's, it's the log game. <laughs> you act like a log. <laughs> That's right. Those are going to roll him the over. The less you breathe, the better you are at That's it. That's right. Just wait till he's all white. CPS, come and get him. <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> I can remember with absolute clarity how the water made everything shimmer as I was looking up. And sometimes I see that shimmer as I'm walking around outside or if the light is really bright. Sounds neurological. I can't help, I can't remember with, no, see it buffered again. I can't help but wonder in those moments if my entire life, all my failures, successes, falling in love with a woman and having two children with her, the love of my life, cheating on me, is just all inside my head during the last few moments before I died. He was five years old, though. He literally said he was five years old. 
Yeah, I think. How would he have all those experiences if he was five at the time? I think. I think maybe that like maybe that's what he's like. It's it's like that shower thought. Like maybe he's like what could have been. What could have been. So okay. maybe he. So it's almost like he's playing the Matrix theory. Like it's not real. Nothing is real. Okay, I'll 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 let it pass. Yeah. So. I won't let the bad parenting pass, though. Yeah, that's some crap. <laughs> like, how do you, as a parent myself to three kids, like, I would be like, wouldn't even be like, looking at the lifeguard go away. I'd be already in the water getting my kid. Right. And me and the lifeguard trying to, like, work together, like, tag team. Them. So stupid. So stupid. So number eight's from Deeg Bullet. I was in a serious car accident a week before my high school graduation. Without going into all the gory details, I lost so much blood that they declared me dead. Although I do not remember much, between the rescue workers extracting me from my car and waking up three weeks later, I do remember feeling very warm and seeing lights. I've always believed it was due to medications and moving between areas with different lighting, but I'm open to otherworldly suggestions. If they declared him dead, <clears throat> would they just keep his body around for three weeks? Because um, <laughs> once they declare you dead, you're dead. You can be declared clinically dead but they still work you like so you're a vegetable well not necessarily like you're just minus a heartbeat because like okay like, but um, yeah for three weeks though no he wasn't clinically dead for three weeks okay. he just at that moment he and and this is again um it's not that he lost so much blood he was declared dead he lost so much blood that he probably didn't register a rhythm anymore his heart couldn't beat yeah. So, because at that point, he's not perfusing enough blood to maintain a, a, a rhythm. So There's nothing to beat, right? right? There's nothing to pump. So, that's it's not that he lost blood, there go, he's dead. It's There's no blood, so the heart's not perfusing, therefore, you're dead. Because there's no rhythm to pick up. So, the heart monitor, so he's... Virtually meaning you're going to be dead in a minute. Right. So, you are yeah. clinically dead, but they're, they're still going to work you. Okay. You, like, I mean... Because basically, without a heartbeat, yes, you're, you're clinically dead. Yeah. You just, you're not beyond resuscitation. The way he made it sound, though, he was clinically dead for three weeks and then woke up. Yeah. Predators aren't known for being great authors. They have a very staunch reputation at sucking. True. A lot. True. So, number nine, the ordeal that minus the Layla faced at 16 is unreal. Now, I might stop reading the titles because they've been very misleading. Right. I was 16 years old and encountered tachycardia for the first time. I've got tachycardia. Yeah, it's not a good thing. Nope. Makes you feel weird. It's not It's not necessarily lethal. It's just scary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it can be lethal if you have certain cases of it, but there's more minor cases than anything. Oh, yeah. It basically just means my heart starts speeding up real mm -hmm. fast. And you can feel really, really funny. Dizzy and, yeah. So They have meds to fix it, though. Yes, they do. I went to the ER with my mom, not really thinking it was a big deal. I didn't realize how intense the situation was until two cardiologists and several nurses rushed me to what looked like an operating room. Again, I really didn't know the full extent of what was happening. I felt pretty normal and had never had a history of heart issues up until then. It's, she was a kid? 16. Yeah, it's pretty rare for a kid to have it. However, my mom worked in the medical field for several decades, and I could see the utter fear and concern on her face. That's why they were concerned, because she's so young. Fast forward to the doctors trying to slow my heart down. 
Last resort was some drug that essentially stops your heart, resets it at a normal beat. That is called adenosine or adenocard. Scary. Yep. So a lot of times it'll actually bottom you out. It's like a Nintendo reset. Yeah, it's like picking up the cartridge and blowing it out. Yep. Except it stops your heart. Or, yep. well, like, so yeah, you can be like running, like, say, like a heart rate of, I don't know, we'll say for fun, we'll say, uh, we'll say 150, 160, 160 beats a minute, which is severe tachycardia. And then they hit you with that adenosine. And again, there's a, the brand name is called adenocard. So if you hear a doctor, medic, EMT say adenocard, it's adenosine. So they hit you with it. By the way, it's not like the movies that goes into your IV. They don't yeah. like pump it right in your heart. They don't stick it straight in your chest like Pulp Fiction yeah. when he did that to her. So they're like, it's pure adrenaline, which by you the way. Remember that? When yeah. he shoved it in her heart? Yeah. Which, uh, a, what they call adrenaline is actually um, epinephrine. So anyway, um, which is an EpiPen, by the way. So um, adenosine, so they put it in your IV and then it just bottoms your heart rate out. Um, which is a very scary thing to watch on a heart monitor because when you when you see it push for the first time, it Beep. goes, are they coming back? Because <laughs> it, yes. it might not restart. Because you're like, oh, no. And that's why it's you, always risky when your heart comes into play. Yeah, because at that point, you're, you got the heart. If you're going to push adenosine, you have the heart monitor on because those heart monitors double as your defibrillator. Yeah. So you always have the fast patches on. Because very rarely do they actually use the paddles. They just use these patches that actually stick to you. So you have those on, and then you watch it bottom out, and you hope to God you don't have to switch to the defibrillator. Because if you do, now you're jump-starting the heart, right. literally. So anyway, what an understatement. It felt like <coughs> someone was squeezing all the air and life out of me. Eventually, the room went black, and a feeling of peace came over me like I was going to sleep. I didn't see anything good or bad, just emptiness. When I woke, I assumed only a few seconds had passed, and they would be right. Instead, the drug caused my heart to stop for 10 minutes or so. Yep. Oh. Well, that's a little prolonged. Oh, my gosh. So the doctors were trying to revive me. Yep. Wouldn't your brain be dead? Um, 10 minutes? Not No, because they're, if they were trying to revive, so you had someone like breathing for her, okay. like using like a bag Get valve an mask, into her brain. and someone's trying to shock her. So And that someone was probably doing chest compressions, too, so you're still... Maintaining a perfusing rhythm, although it's it's artificial. Um, I'm 27 now, and two years ago, I had a second episode. When they gave me the drug, I didn't pass out, but I was forcing myself to stay awake. I didn't want to die again. She has <laughs> a very, I don't want to say rare, but it is rare form of this tachycardia, mm -hmm. especially since she had it younger. Most people that have it don't even know they have it. I'm actually impressed because that second time she knew it was going to happen so mentally she forced a physiological you, event yeah you can do that uh -huh. i can feel it it starts with like a blurb it's it feels like a muscle twitch mm -hmm. and then it i'll feel it boom 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 like that and you you start getting anxiety you can actually sit you know the feeling when you're pooping and you're trying to force it out you're mm-hmm like that, you can do that really hard to where you almost pass out, and it'll take your heart back down. Yeah, that's called um, a vagal response. Yeah. My heart, it got up to 175 one time when I was just sitting there, and I did that exercise, and it dropped back down to 80. We actually did that a couple of times in EMS to, to, to try to avoid giving adenosine. Yeah, but the thing is, some people, it that doesn't work on them. No. And it probably didn't work on her. I, if they even tried it. If they tried it. Because what you're doing is you're trying to, because there's, um, there's a nerve it's called the vagus nerve. Yeah. And 
I mean, you've done this. It so causes you know seizures and stuff like that. So, it's the rhythm of your body, basically. Well, just like this. Did you ever watch the show Scrubs? I've seen some of it. So yeah. you got the main character. His name is JD. Well, there was an episode where he's trying to use the toilet, and he bears down, mm-hmm. and he basically Passes pinches out. the vagus nerve, and he passed out. Yeah. And it happened while he was on the job. So they're like, JD. So they're knocking on the bathroom door, and they find him like on the floor with his pants down, you know? Yeah. So that's what you're doing. You're... You're trying to force a vague... That's why when you uh, hold your breath real hard, you get lightheaded. Yes. Yeah. So if you bear down on that nerve and you basically the muscles clench around that nerve and it's lights out. Yep. Now, you can do it controlled where you're not lights out. You're just forcing your heart rate to drop. But yeah, if you do it too much, and yeah, you're, it's, it's it's night-night time. I one time, one time I had a doctor press his thumb on my carotid. Yes. And really hard, and it reset my heart mm-hmm. too. So there are fi- it's not a lethal thing to have, no. you know. So we'll do we'll do this last one. We'll do ten out of fifteen. I think it's a pretty good streak for us. Okay. So user Schneider Seven, wow, has been unlucky enough to have two NDEs. I've died twice, medically speaking. The first time was due to a motorcycle accident. I passed out while cruising along at about fifty miles per hour, and I was thrown into a light pole. Holy crap. That's <laughs> wow. not good. Yeah. I haven't told my family that I was dead when EMS carted me to the hospital. I only have two clear memories of that event. The first is being upside down. The second is hitting the pole and stopping. It hurt a lot. Yeah, I bet. The only reason I didn't fall asleep was a bizarre moment when I heard someone yelling, Come on, man, get up, get up, get up. And then someone slapping my helmet, which was basically smushed really hard onto my head. Now, that you don't do... Um, because if you have a spinal injury and slapping someone on the head, like, I don't know what this person was thinking. Don't ever touch someone after they're in an accident. You, like, whole, like, if you have, like, if you were to come up on someone in a motorcycle accident and you're laying on the ground, don't move them. Just hold their head where they are until EMS shows up. Right. That's all you're doing. Because they could have a broken neck and you could make it even worse. Or kill them. Yeah. Because if they have like a cervical spine fracture and you force that. It could be holding on by a thread. And you move them all of a sudden because there's three spots in the cervical spine. If you sever that, heart and lung functions quit permanently. Um, So don't hit them on the head. Like, I don't know why. That's ignorant. Yeah. I mean, like panic, I guess. I guess. The bizarre moment is an understatement because that's. Stupidity. Yeah, like that's you could have killed him. <clears throat> when I opened my eyes, I saw my brother squatting on the pavement next to me. Oh, it's his brother. Oh, fantastic. This was odd because my brother had been dead from an overdose for several years. Oh, okay. That's a spin. Never mind. Uh, the other thing that I remember is him glancing at his watch, saying something like, well, they'll be here soon, and then walking away. Okay, so the person All apparently right. was hitting them on the head was his dead brother. So he imagined it. Or it's, you know, we do the paranormal here. It could have been a ghost. Could have been, yeah. Okay. You know, trying to wake him up, going, hey, you're not going to be with me. Like, that's not what we're going to do here. I mean, so I don't makes know. sense. I've heard of stuff like that happening yeah. before. So, I mean, I mean, again, yeah, I mean, it could have happened. So the second incident, I don't remember much of, but I was stabbed and nearly bled out. I honestly f- just felt really tired and wasn't connecting the dots that I was dying. 
Luckily, a cop happened upon me after I collapsed on the side of the road and called emergency services who then successfully arrived me. This guy must live in like a pretty shady part of town. Somewhere. This person's got the worst luck. Yeah. I was apparently only gone for like 20 or 30 seconds with that one, so it doesn't stick in my memory like the first incident. So, as if hitting a light pole isn't bad enough. Get stabbed. Get stabbed. <laughs> So this person, gosh, someone is out for this guy. My gosh, dude. It's like Final Destination. It just keeps happening and happening. Don't get on a roller coaster or fly a plane, dude, or get on a plane. Oh. Don't do it. You know what? We're going to read this one because I skimmed okay. it, and this one actually seems like it's interesting. So this person was six or seven. Uh, so when I got infected by an aggressive, and oh, real quick, the Vex Elias is this username? Vexelius. That's kind of a cool name. Yes, I like that one. I might steal it. Sounds like Assassin's Creed or something. It really does. I like it. Almost like Roman. I like it. So I was six or seven years old when I got infected by an aggressive strain of salmonella. Ooh. After two days of the very high t- fever and nonstop bombing, my vision began to blur. Suddenly, everything went black. I could hear my parents and doctor's voice saying that I wasn't going to make it. I heard cries and something like a rattling metallic sound. And then I stopped hearing the voices. After a while, it felt like I was in a dark room and my eyes had started to become used to the lack of light because I started to see some shapes again. I could see the bed, the pillows, and a girl who was sitting on the bed a few inches in front of me. I heard her voice. She told me that she came from a faraway land filled with wonders and amazing things and that I belonged there. Then I started shaking uncontrollably. I vomited again and woke up. Everyone was convinced that I was going to die, but I was feeling better. Within a week, I recovered, but the fever was so high that I lost my hair. That's interesting. That's weird. I guess. I'm not a doctor. I've never even heard of that. I mean, fevers cause shaking. Like that's called I mean, I know that seizures, prolonged so. fevers can have adverse effects on you, especially when it comes to your nerves. Like, if, if you have a fever for too long that's too high, it can damage nerves. Yeah. Did you know that? Uh-huh. But I don't know anything else about it. I've never heard about losing. That's I don't know. I like, I mean, that's an interesting side effect. Later, I told my parents about the strange dream that I had while I was sick, and they told me that for a moment I got completely limp and my skin started to get very pale. Even the doctor believed I wasn't going to wake up. My mom told me that maybe the girl I saw in my dreams was death and somehow allowed me to live in exchange for my hair. What? I know I don't believe in that exchange. I mean, the story's too weird to not be true, though. I do like the story. I think the story is true. I do think the mom has a very bizarre theory. It sounds like a fever dream, doesn't it? It does, but I don't... In exchange for his hair? I don't... I don't... Well, the mom said that that's what she thought happened. Maybe it was a penance he paid or something, or she paid. I don't know if it's a he or she, but... But what I think is... Is... I think... Because for... Because how old did they say they were? Six? Six or seven. I don't think that six or seven you've got... That understanding of death enough... You're still innocent. Right. To imagine that's what's going on. You just see what happens to you. It's like watching a Disney movie. You don't know what's going on. But I think that what she or what this, I don't know if she could be a him. I think that what this individual saw happened, I think that it wasn't necessarily imagined. Because, yeah, I don't think 
at six or seven, you can imagine that someone's coming to take you away like that. I mean, it's maybe. Kinda, it's kind of crazy, though, that if it's a kid and the mom's just like, yeah, that was death, <laughs> telling her kid that. Yeah, because yeah, I was death. Could you imagine, what? like, well, I just want you to know that death came to see you and... Yeah, you just that's tell them you that was hair. your imaginary friend or something. Don't say it was death. Yeah, that's just It's a weird. kid. But that's I like that one. I think it's Is a that good the one. same mom who who told the lifeguard <laughs> to go away? <laughs> I had a feeling this you were gonna kid. say that. I just maybe. The good thing is now you won't drown because you have no hair, so you'll be more uh, aerodynamic when you swim or whatever it's called. We have two stories of two moms with a lack of like lack of finesse. Maternal for the last one. instinct. Yeah. Is death. Like, there's no nurturing in those two no moms. Nurturing. None. The first one's like, he's fun. Get out of the water, lifeguard. It's good. And then the second one's like, yeah, it was death. It's like, death. We'll go to the toupee store. <laughs> 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 Buy, like, a crappy, like, Kevin Spacey-looking toupee <laughs> or something. Some, some wicked Christopher Walken oh hair. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, I, I don't know. I thought that was a good one to end on. So, here's... I'll give my my takeaway on those uh, eleven stories, and okay. then, and then you can give me yours because I don't remember all of them. I'm going to be honest with you. There's a couple I remember now. That, there's a that there's stood out. here here's what I have. So about half of them I think are medicinally aided. Yeah, I think that there's a couple in there that I don't believe happened at all. There's a couple definitely fake ones. Yes, yes. and. Like they watched a movie and came up with it on their own or, so, or off the movie or something. Yeah, like, they're like, you know what? I'm going to be an author, and they wrote it while they were high, but not like a good high. Yeah. You know, and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely submitting this to Reddit. I believe the bee sting one, because mm-hmm. that's realistic, and the way they described it seems like they actually experienced it because it was kind of the way it happens. Right. You don't get stung, and instantly you have a, a react. You know what right. I mean? Some people can, but I the one where the guy had the accident and got stabbed. I think. Yeah, he just seems like he just was in the wrong place at the wrong time. I think his were real. Yeah. Um, there was a few. Like I said, I think the I would drowning s- one seems kind of real. Yeah. I think the drowning one seems real. The the uh, kid with the salmonella issue, the last one. And the the cancer one, yes, yeah, the cancer one. I thought um, I didn't come in. I thought like I because I I'm on a full disclosure. Um, I saved the list and I kind of skimmed through it a little bit. So I'm like, oh, these are interesting. So you kind of like right. it's like the cliff notes. <sighs> full disclosure. I think that again, it's a Reddit list, so uh, you can't take it a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and and yes, most of these people writing this, they're like, it's choppy at best. They're probably doing it from their phones. So it's like, also, you got to remember, it's cool to have a near death experience, man. It is. It's cool to tell people about that. I had a near death experience, ironically. Talk about a party conversation, right? <laughs> You're at a party. It's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I I I think I would say the majority of them are real, or they're or they're real to the person. There are a couple that are definitely fake as fake. And then yeah. there is a couple that I guess that I think that are more there was I would say probably about a quarter of them were medicinally aided, um, yeah. especially on the ketamine. Like that's like they're like I felt really peaceful. Well, ketamine's going to make you feel really peaceful, like, right? Like that's what it's made for. So I 
like people abused ketamine. So the one that stands out as the fakest to me is the guy that said he overdosed and then just came right back without even going yeah, to the hospital. The guy stuff. on the pills on the rum. Like the I just f- came. Was right that the back. first one you told? It was like the top three. Like, that one I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah, I'm like, I've seen enough overdoses. Unless you took vitamin pills. <laughs> yeah, unless right? you're like, dude, I'm going to overdose on this like, vitamin C supplement. Uh, good luck, because that's yeah. going to hurt in a couple hours. But yeah, I, I don't, like if it was like this person like knew, like I'm going to overdose on Tylenol. Like you're not bouncing back from that like that. No, you're your not, liver's going to, yeah. That's going to be a very painful uh, yeah, you don't die instantly. You you literally lay there as your liver busts out of your body. Yeah, basically, it's a, especially with all the rum. Like if they yeah. really do what they said they did, like I don't know. Maybe there's some of you out there that are hardcore partiers, and you know what I'm talking about, or you know that this person had a legit experience. But I'm telling you from my experience with people trying to OD on pills. Um. And then trying to top that off with a bit of alcohol, uh, you don't bounce back. No, that's not. like a night of hard partying, and you down like a, like a fifth and a half of liquor. No, no, you're going to the emergency room if you survive, but you're definitely not backing, bouncing back solo and going, "Yeah, I feel good. I feel good about life now." No, that's not how that works. Right. Um, I think his story, either he's leaving out a lot of details from the story, like, oh, by the way, my friends found me, and they took me to the emergency room, um, or it didn't happen, like he said it did. Yeah. that That's the two theories on that one. So, either way, it's bunk. You know, either way. So, my final thought on this is, I do still believe NDEs are real. Reddit sucks, except for the GameStop thing. But Reddit's not a. It's a good place to just go BS and find stories and stuff. For real, like that. If you like good stories, or get video game cheats. Ooh, that too. Yeah. If you want to go and kill time for a while, Reddit is a great app to download. If you have nothing else to do and you exhausted all your options, Reddit is basically just the place of opinions. That's all it is. It's people's opinions. Yeah. That's literally all it is. If Okay, so you know, like, if you watch Star Wars and you have that scene where Obi-Wan Kenobi is describing what most easily is, yeah. you know, that's Reddit. Yeah. That's it's it. the most easily of the internet. Yep. You know, the hive of scum and villainy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just a cesspool of basement dwellers. It really, it really is. If I'm you've just... never gone to Reddit, just don't. If you've never gone to Reddit, don't. If you got Reddit... And you've been sucked into Reddit, like some of us have. You're stuck there forever, and you just <laughs> feel really bad about it all the time. Reddit, maybe Reddit is where you go when you die. Oh no, I hope not. You go to the servers of Reddit. Ew, ew, I feel dirty. That's what happens. I feel dirty. Yeah. So, guys, um, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Again, take these stories, suspend your disbelief. You kind of have to with, you have to with any Reddit story. Use it for what it is. It's good entertainment, and it allow it to challenge your your way of thinking. Like, okay, can NDEs be real? Um, are they real? And allow, and that's what most of our, our our topics are. You know, even if you don't believe in UFOs, you don't believe in extraterrestrial life, you don't believe in ghosts, you don't believe in demons, whatever it is, 
<clears throat> allow it to be that entertainment and at least challenge that level of thinking to to open your mind up and challenge that because sometimes that's how we grow as individuals is take what you think you know, introduce this new information and allow it to challenge to what you think and maybe and just maybe you'll come to the same level of thinking that we me and Noah have gotten to where we are enlightened. I wouldn't say enlightened. <laughs> we're open-minded. We're just open-minded to this because it's like, it, even if we don't believe in it, it's still fun to think about. You want to know something funny? The other night, this is a side story here. Uh-huh. I was laying in bed, and I had a chair sitting in the middle of the floor here, and I had my coat hung on the chair. And I have my, my red LED lights on, so at night it's red in here. I got up, and the way it was positioned looked like a shadow creature. Oh. And I was half asleep, you know? So I got up out of bed and just stared at it for a second. <laughs> I did that thing where I sat up and stared at it. And you're hoping it doesn't move? Yeah. I fully woke up, and then I was like, oh, my God. Thank God, dude. But those moments there, everyone's had those, right? See, and that would be a different thing for you to experience because you've had the yeah. whole uh, hat man thing Once happen. Once you experience a shadow person, you're always looking out for a shadow person. You really person. are. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and you had the Hatman experience. We just get well. That's well, almost been a year ago that we talked about Hatman. Yeah. So, you know, you've had that experience, and so here you are thinking you were looking at a shadow person. So it's like not PTSD, but it's almost like a flashback to that experience, and you're just like, uh, now I'm conscious not to leave stuff that looks like human figures out yeah. at night. Dude, that happened to me, and I know another tangent, but uh, that happened to me here not too long ago. We have uh, hooks that hang up in the hallway, and there's coats. On those mm, coats are the worst. They really are because yeah, no matter what, they look like a person. They look like a person. So, um, we didn't have my boys over that weekend. It was just my stepdaughter and I looked down the hall to go to the bathroom, and uh, her closet light was on, and so it shines out from right to left, and all I see is a silhouette pitched against that light, and I just stopped like dead in the doorway yeah. between the hallway and my bedroom, and I'm like. You have that it, moment where you just have to analyze it. You don't know what you're seeing. Yeah, yet. yeah. And you just and and that and you're one, hoping it doesn't move. Yeah, and that it does like I was about to say that voice in my head is like, don't move, don't move, don't right. move, don't move. And then finally, everything registers because honestly, if it had have moved, I probably would have screamed like a little girl and ran back to the bed and like cuddle next to my wife, oh, like, dude, protect run, me from that thing. I'd run up to my parents' house if I saw a shadow figure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't blame you. Like that's just it's a creepy experience, especially like. Like three thirty in the morning, and then deep in your head, you're like, because you know, I looked at oh. my phone, so you're like, oh my god, it's the witching hour. It could be that. I went through a period of time where I would literally wake up every night at like three thirteen every night. That's bizarre. In that time, it was either three thirteen, three fifteen, but every night, it was crazy. That is nuts. Yeah, it was like a week straight. I was doing it, so I don't know if I was depressed that week or you know what it was. They say that if you wake up like that, like it's the same time every night that something is making you do that. Eventually it stopped, though, and I slept through the night. But it was really weird, dude. I was worried about it. Yeah. I was going to call you, but I was like, I don't want to make a big deal about it. I don't know. That's something. I mean, that's something to think about. Yeah. It was freaky, but I'm okay. So, So, like I said, a lot of these stories, even if you don't believe in them, to challenge that level of thought, to open your mind up to these new ideas. And at least that would be entertaining, if nothing else. Yeah. Get some entertainment out of people suffering and almost dying. I mean, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Most of the stories ended happily. So. Yeah, I mean, they're alive, obviously. 
Yeah. Well, they were alive when they wrote the Reddit post. <laughs> they might have made a stupid decision since then. Who knows? I'd still chalk it up to a win. Yeah. It's definitely <laughs> a win. If you come back from death at any point, it's a win. Yeah. So, but saying near death, a lot of them, yeah, they were near death, but there's a difference between a near death experience and almost dying. Yeah. I'd, and a yeah. lot of those people almost died. Yes. They I didn't w- actually experience anything. I think, yeah, I think the way that they're titled and written are a little misleading, but yeah, yeah I would take that. Yeah. I, I would say, I would, I would, I would agree with that statement. Right. So, anyway, thanks for listening. And have yourself a good, uh, this is the long stretch between New Year's and spring mm-hmm. where nothing happens. So yeah, this is the depression period of the year. So try not to, you know, let that get to you and, and keep yourself busy and stay happy, I guess. I don't know. And uh, I wouldn't buy stock in GameStop right now. Yeah, I definitely don't do that. So. That's what, you know what? GameStop deserves it for all the people they've screwed over. Well, I mean, what I'm saying, I mean, it's not hurting GameStop. Well, it's hurting the investors. Screw the hedge funds. Yeah. But anyway, thanks for listening. You guys have a good one. Yep.